guys and welcome back to another episode on my podcast wellness with sylvie um so it's been two weeks since i last posted a podcast uh i feel very guilty about this trust me i have been busy actually strangely enough busier than i have been in a while um and mostly it's because i have a new element at work which is very exciting and i am loving every single second of it but also um working on different uh projects right because as you can remember from the last episode two weeks ago i spoke about um you know where will you be after the pandemic ends right what would you have achieved will you have a new skill will you have a new project you've been working on a side hustle whatever it is so yeah that's what i've sort of also allocated quite a bit of time to so i do apologize and i do feel very guilty about how long it's been since i posted um one of my one of my rants i've started calling them rants because i realize when it comes to something that i find rather i find rather um you know debatable i and i like to debate then i will talk about it but I don't do this for the sake of debate to be honest. I just do it because I feel like this is a pure expression of myself in a bit to just help people feel like they can relate to something during these very trying times. So this is another episode in part of my COVID-19 wellness series. So, before I get into the topics of discussion, okay, topic of discussion. Um I have been watching this amazing docu series on Netflix called Mind Explained and the topic they were discussing was memories so apparently studies have been done to look at the effect on meditation on memory so one specific um study uh, looked at university students specifically undergraduate students and apparently they were able to increase their scores on they do a test called the verbal GREs from 460 points to 520 so the average of them were able to increase their scores to that just by taking a mindfulness meditation class now it's crazy to 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 sort of look at um you know something that a lot of people would would not really talk say that it's a science but using a scientific way of testing something that isn't quite a science right to to show the effect that it has positive effect that it has on people so meditation taking a meditation class can help improve the memory and this is probably because meditation improves focus and focus improves memory so yeah i just thought i wanted to share that before we get into this and because you know a lot of people say that meditation can help you work through tough times and ultimately help you achieve a, a sense of happiness so we are going to be discussing happiness right happiness uh during the times of corona and basically asking asking yourselves what are some of the equations for a happy life right even during a pandemic now as you know i create content i don't particularly create it so i look at different um i look at different places where they have content and i sort of bring together my ideas on what they are saying and i present them to you guys So now we have the topic. Let's dig in, okay? So, happiness. Happiness is a topic um generally and with a subtopic of having a happy life during the corona period. So, 
um, diving right in. So uh, we look at happiness as being genetic. So the first equation talks about subjective well-being being equ is equals to genes plus circumstances plus habits. Now, when I was reading this, I was like, genetic? The genetic component of a person's well-being is between 44% and 52%. That is about half. How can half of your genes carry happiness in them? Like for me, I, that is daunting to think that my character or personality is genetic because I've, I want to be fully in charge of building my life and the happiness around my life. But it's clear there's research to back this up. I mean, the, this research has been done by Harvard uh, clinical psychologists and psychologists, like the best of the best, people who have been trained highly and they are now doing studies to show that apparently genetics has a part to play in our happiness. Now, obviously, to, to some extent, I can see why that would be because, you know, if you're born into a family that is, un, you know, is under relatively healthy circumstances and you have a happy family, you know, when I say happy, it's relative, obviously. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you have a family where things are happy and you have access to things that generally make human beings feel happy. And I can see that that would be a combination of both their genes being passed on to you and their experiences um, that have formed this, this, this family situation, um, but also external factors, which we'll discuss later. But I, I read that and I was just like, wow, this, this is crazy. It's, it's absolutely insane to think that you could have genes that are, you know, basically attribute to a lot of your happiness. So um, I really, really thought that this was something that was super interesting. And I don't know why, but it really did. It really did get to me. So basically, the next equation um, as an equation to happiness is that Habits equals faith plus family plus friends plus work. So things, enduring happiness comes from human relationships, uh, productive work, and other transcendent, wow, that word, transcendental elements of life. Now, guys, pardon my, pardon my little hiccup. Yeah, this is a big word. Um, I'm sort of also looking back and forth between the articles. Um, so first... Faith, uh, it doesn't mean any particular faith, you know, so I'm not talking about particularly spirituality, but um, generally looking at having a belief in something. Um, research is clear that many different faiths and secular life philosophies can provide this happiness edge. So the key is to find a structure through which you can ponder on life's deeper questions and transcend your focus on your narrow self-interest to serve others. So it's about serving others. So things like that, faith in, you know, something that gives you faith, that wants you to give to other people and serve them, is a formula to happiness. Isn't that insane? So essentially, giving to people, serving other people, is, a, is something that attributes to a, to a large population of people who are happy. Now, it's crazy. I, I, think, I also think that that's quite, that's quite interesting to read about. So people always think that taking will, or, or having you know, and wanting things and, and getting them and possessing them is what gives you happiness. But apparently research is clear that you know, the ability to ponder on life's different 
deeper questions, whether it's through Islam or whether it's through Christianity or whether it's through more um, spirit spirituality like meditation and uh, mantras and chanting and that sort of thing, um, helps you to transcend your focus away from narrow self-interests, right, to serve others. Uh, I love that. I absolutely love that. So, yeah, similarly, there's no magic formula for what shape your family and friendship should take. The key here is to cultivate and maintain loving, faithful relationships with others. So the other element here is family and friends, right? So family, having good relationships with the people around you, with your friends, with your family, plays a major role into a person's happiness. And so that's why you'll find that families that are broken up, you'll find a lot more unhappy people living their lives there, families where there are many failed marriages. So having stable family relations and stable friendship relations is apparently a major part on how happy you are. I think that's, I think that's uh, incredibly important. So family, friends, they are important because nobody is an island, guys. And then finally, there's work. Maybe it shocks you, but uh, work is part of that equation. It shouldn't be, but it is. And that's just because a major part of our life, right, is spent at work. It's spent away from your home. Well, not, not, not in these days anymore, but anyway, you understand how things um, have been. It shouldn't be. But one of the most robust findings in the happiness literature, in these studies that have been done, is the centrality of productive human endeavor in creating a sense of purpose in life. So work creates a sense of purpose. So what you see is that a lot of people who have jobs that, they, that, are not, that don't fulfill them or where they're frustrated by their managers or by their bosses or generally just by how the, the company runs itself, um, will then be more unhappy even in their personal lives. So, of course, there are better jobs and there are worse jobs, but most recent researchers don't think unemployment brings anything but misery. So, I think that that is amazing. A sense of purpose. Work gives people a sense of purpose. So, what makes work meaningful is not the kind of work it is, but the sense it gives you that you are earning your success and serving others. Now, where work, that is such a key mantra, right? So, we have a saying where, or rather a principle where they say, we work to love and serve. So, yeah, this, this statement hits home. So, um, this second equation is especially worth considering during this pandemic isolation, right? I think it's important to ask yourself, is my happiness portfolio balanced across these four sections? Those four sections being faith, family, friends, and work. So, is my happiness portfolio balanced across these four accounts? Do I need to move some things around? Do I need to reevaluate which one I have placed more um, emphasis on versus the others? I definitely have to. And I've, try, I've been trying to be a bit more deliberate with that. Um, so do you need to move some things around? Are there habits that you can change during this pause, during this isolation? Food for thought, guys. Food for thought. And then the third equation, 
satisfaction. What you have divided by what you want. Mm, interesting. So many great spiritual leaders have made a point to this course. Like there is, there is nothing more, you know, written in stone than all these spiritual leaders that talk about this. Um, so I read that in the book, The Art of Happiness, um, written alongside uh, a psychiatrist called Howard Cutler and the Dalai Lama. And it stated, and I quote, we need to learn how to want what we have not to have what we want in order to get steady and stable happiness. Wow, that's quite packed. So I'll read it again. We need to learn how to want what we have, not to have what we want in order to get steady and stable happiness. Deep, deep, deep. Um, Dalai Lama is coming through with his happiness quotes. You know, they always, they always make you feel like you are floating on air, you know. Like, they, they have, has he reached that level of happiness? It's crazy, because I actually think he has. And he is somebody who wants to teach the world, right, how to live a fulfilling, happy life. Like, I love that. Um, and then uh, the Spanish Catholic saint, Jose Maria Escriva, made the point, a similar point in a slightly different word. Don't forget it. He has most who needs least. So if somebody needs the least, they have the most. And he says, don't create needs for yourself, right? Needs and wants are very different. So this is not just some gauzy spiritual nostrum. What it is, is an intensely practical formula for living. And many of us go about our lives desperately trying to increase the numerator of equation three, what you want. We're trying to achieve higher levels of satisfaction by increasing what we have, by working, spending, working, spending. And it's just a whole broken record. But the hedonic treadmill makes this purely, it's completely futile, okay? Satisfaction is always going to escape us. We humans, we are never satisfied. We are insatiable. So, what this article's premise is, is that the secret to satisfaction is to focus on the denominator of equation three. So don't obsess over your haves, right? Manage your wants instead. Manage your wants. Manage what you want to have. Don't count on the things you have. A chair next to you, that diamond necklace, you know, that smartphone, your material possessions, it could be also other things, money, power, prestige, your romantic partners, fame, for example. Try to figure out how to increase them. How can you increase them? Make an inventory of your desires and try to decrease them. That is so powerful. Make a bucket list, right? So not necessarily of where you want to travel to, which exotic locations and expensive, um, expensive possessions. Make a list of the attachments in your life you need to discard. Bad habits. Bad habits. Human beings are creature of habits, both good and bad. And you know the saying goes, old, habit, old habits die hard. So this is a good time, this quiet period, to make a list of the attachments in your life that you need to discard that no longer serve you. Then make a plan and do just that. 
The fewer ones there are screaming inside your brain and dividing your attention, the more peace and satisfaction will be left for what you already have, right? So it's important to focus on the things you need, not materially, you know, but, uh, but on a different level. We need to transcend those things. And perhaps decreasing this denominator of equation three is a little easier for you than normal during this isolation. It will be easier. Because guess what? You're not spending eight hours in a day in the office and then two hours commuting to come back home, trying to factor in an hour of exercise every day and ensuring the kids have done their homework. Like, oh my goodness, right? I'm not a mother, but I see. <laughs> I see my colleagues and, and, and the balance they have to do. And quite frankly, I give you guys a massive round of applause. Now, Mother's Day is coming up and I think we all need to appreciate... Um, major part in the in the family household which is the mother so um anyway sidebar sorry about that let's stick to let's stick to the matter so um during this isolation it's a great time for you to focus on decreasing the denominator of equation three because now your expectations have sort of diminished along with your physical ability to meet them so we are stuck <laughs> to staying at home you know to a large extent we are stuck so start to do an audit of those things, right? Start to use this time to do that. Can you find a way to continue this after um, the material world begins to come back again in a few weeks, in a few months, although it's not really looking like weeks, but more like months. Um, and yeah, I think it's important that we all do this. I also need to listen to my own advice a bit more. Uh, and I've been trying to, right? I really try to. I don't just try and make these podcasts because I have mastered them. I don't make these podcasts because uh, I'm giving you advice, although I am to some degree. It's up to you whether you want to take it or not. But many times, what you'll find is I like to talk about things that are happening in my life that I'm trying to do, right? That, that I speak directly to, that affect me directly. And that's why I'm saying I also need to do a bit better in taking my own advice. So let's take this quiet time so that you can evaluate because you need to look at this time and think, oh my goodness, all the things that I need to appreciate are right in front of me. All the things that should make me happy are right in front of me. And then you balance that with your wants, okay? So the scientific study of happiness, uh, it has blown up over the last 30 years, family, career, friendships, faith, and so on, you know, looking at all those things. What I'm hoping to do is give you the tools to use them to construct a life that is balanced and full of meaning and that serves your values. It serves your values and your beliefs. So that's all I have for you today. Remember that satisfaction is fleeting, right? And there was a brilliant quote on this article that said, money doesn't buy happiness. But what that quote really means is that money doesn't buy satisfaction. And there's a massive difference. So with that said, uh, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. I'm definitely going to try and ensure that I can do this every week because that's been the trend. And 
I am sorry for leaving you guys dry for the last two weeks. Forgive me. Please don't, please don't abandon me. I really enjoy doing these podcasts and I really enjoy touching the people who they have touched. So stay safe, take care of yourselves, and I'll see you all next week on another episode of Wellness with Sylvie. One last thing, guys. So I have actually been asked by some of my listeners uh, to do, say, for example, an audio yoga stretching session. Now, this is a challenge and I accept it. So be looking out for that pretty soon. But I'm also going to be featuring somebody next week on my podcast. So exciting times. I'm going to have my first guest. So I'm really looking forward to that. And I'm looking forward to you guys being a part of it.